I think we have a problem as an industry, as a people, of carrying into Friday, Thursday's failures. What would it look like if we would just say, hey, I, Thursday got the best of me, but guess what? I'm going to win Friday. And so when it comes to a mental toughness topic and a mindset topic, I like to focus on a one day at a time with the teams I'm blessed with leading. Because if we focus on a one day at a time, we can influence one day. We can change one day. But if we focus on the problem on a large scale, this huge snowball, then it may become overwhelming to us. So the big question is this, how do small business owners like us grow our business, grow our leadership and develop our teams in a way that allows us to get our products and services out of the world, yet still remain profitable? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Bradley Hamner, and this is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Hey, before we get into today's episode, did you know that Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agency owners in the country, providing monthly accounting, CFO services, and tax preparation? Check them out at club.capital. Welcome to another episode of the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. My name is Bradley Hamner, your host. On today's episode, we have Tim Harrington. Tim is the Director of Training with the Risk Advisor Institute. He's been in the insurance business himself since 2015 as a former general manager in the automotive industry and still, again, a current agency owner. Today's podcast is a wide-ranging variety of different topics, accountability, recruiting A players, difficult conversations, consistent habits, consistent execution in our business, how to have and really why it's important to have self-awareness, why it's important to focus on the solution and not just marinating in the problem. And of course, as a topic that we discuss quite often on the podcast, the importance of mindset and leading yourself first, going through the process of developing yourself so that therefore you can pour into your teams. I know you're going to love this podcast. Without further ado, Mr. Tim Harrington. Wouldn't it be a great start to 2021 by having more leads in your book of business? Well, that's where our partners at Direct Clicks Inc. come in. Their team's dialed-in approach to running Google ads and online SEO campaigns maximize the quality and the volume of your leads, whether that's for inbound phone calls or even exclusive leads through your website. Direct Clicks Inc. works only with PNC insurance agency owners, so they have thousands of hours creating A-B split testing and improving online campaigns specifically for insurance. They also understand why each and every marketing dollar matters in providing true results, low paper clicks, transparency, and attention to detail, all of which is discussed in depth during your monthly review calls. Reach out to the Direct Clicks team at directclicksinc.com. That's directclicksinc.com and find out how they can make a difference in your approach to generating new business. Are you an agency owner looking to grow your revenue and increase your bottom line? Club Capital is here to help. Built for agents by agents, so we know your struggles. With accounting, payroll, and HR solutions, tax services, analytics, and more, let's get you on the path to serious success. Using data-driven insights, you'll grow your business based on revenue and expense comparisons alongside your top performing peers. With over $100 million in tracked annual revenue and $70 million in tracked annual expenses, we have the data to help you make better informed decisions for your agency. Let's make your back office less of a hassle and more of the strategic generator that powers the growth to take your agency and your leadership to the next level. 
Visit club.capital today to book your complimentary, no obligation demo. Club Capital, way more than a CPA firm. Tim Harrington, welcome to the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Man, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Like I said, I've been following you guys for a while and I appreciate what you guys are doing for people in our industry. Well, I'm excited for people to get to know a little bit more about you and what you do. We always start with background and origin story. I learned so much in just this one question. And so for those that don't know you, why don't you take this back to whatever point in time and bring us to present day and how did you get to where you are and what you're doing today? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm a former car guy, right? Well, I had worked myself up when I was in college through the ranks in the car business from finance manager to sales manager to general sales manager, then to general manager. I absolutely loved the car business. <laughs> loved it. The thrill of somebody coming on the lot saying, I'm just looking. And then they leave it in a brand new car. That was amazing. I love that thrill. But my family grew while I was in the car business. I was known in the car business for training, development, and being a closer and helping other people close more deals and make more money. That was my claim to fame. That's why I got promoted. I didn't get promoted because I was the most organized person in the world. I got promoted because I help people close deals. And so through that, we had my wife and I married to Lindsay, beautiful wife of mine. We had our third child at the time. And I was working about 80 hours a week <laughs> in the car business. And I just remember coming home that day and she was looking at me. She said, I cannot do this anymore. And I was like, what do you mean? She said, I need you to be more present. Mm -hmm. And so that led me to looking at other potential careers. And that's when I found insurance. And I opened up my own Safe Farm agency in 2015 with the idea that I wasn't going to be a career agent. I was going to transition into potentially being a sales leader because that's what I love to do. Get in the trenches with teams and agents and help them grow their business. Well, I met Steve Wilmer along that road. Man, I met him in a boot camp in Iowa. He was still making fun of Iowa at that time. And when I met him in 2016, man, that relationship just took my life to the next level. Steve introduced me to Bill and we just started to do some, create a partnership while I would come in and help them coach because of the success I was having in my own agency at that time. And since then, it's been just phenomenal. But sum it up, that's how I got here. I'm a man of faith. I try to live my life in order of faith, family, fitness, and finances. And anytime I'm overwhelmed, it's usually because those things are out of order. And so I'm married, six children. Yeah, I said six. And I just love what I get to do. It's truly a blessing. And I'm just trying to be a good steward of what God has blessed me with, brother. Isn't it funny how we can look back on all of our lives at moments? I mean, people listening to this, they have their own story about how they got started in their insurance agency journey. Everybody has a different story. And those stories have really shaped about kind of who we are today. I was actually telling somebody this earlier about just the experiences in our life, how important that is, whether it was from a good experience whenever we were young kids growing up or whether it was bad experience. I think it's shaped who we are. And we can look back on these times. It was almost like, I don't want to say a fork in the road, but there's times are, you make this decision to say, I'm going to do this or that you're just placed in the path of somebody that you meet like Steve and boom, the rest is history. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, absolutely. It's just one relationship can, can change your life. And yeah. the relationship that I have with Steve has been one of those relationships. Definitely. Well, the relationship that all the agency owners have with their teams, their teams look at that as so important. And hopefully they see a lot of their agency owners, their bosses, whatever, as mentors to them. But there's a lot of leadership challenges out there. I mean, we're recording this. We're hopefully starting to come out of the pandemic in early March. What do you think 
What do you see in speaking to agency owners around the country? What do you see as some of the biggest leadership challenges that agents face today? Yeah, absolutely. The first thing I'll say about agents, the agents that I'm blessed with working with, is that what stands out to me is that they really care, right? Like you don't reach out and look to invest money in a coach if you don't really care about your people. And so once we establish how much they care, then it's just a matter of, okay, how do we keep in front of the team members and the people we're blessed with leading the goal, right? When I'm coaching people, I always tell them, you have to have a good reason for doing what you're doing. As a matter of fact, I just told a story today about the movie 300. I don't know if you've seen the movie 300, but um, when Leonidas, the guy came to their, that's right at the beginning of the movie, when he came to their front stoop or whatever, and he said, hey, bow to us, Leonidas looked at his wife. And he looked at his wife because he wanted to remind himself that this is why I do what I do. This is why I lead. She's my everything. And I'm willing to go to war. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to die for my wife. And so part of the thing that I do as a coach and what's hard for leaders is getting people to think about that. Why? I mean, if you think about it, everyone says they want to make money. Right. But what I found is money. If that's the only thing you're shooting for, when challenges like COVID come up that are bigger than that money. Right. It's going to cause you to want to quit, cause you to want to fold, cause you to want to look at other opportunities. But if you have a deep rooted why and belief system, right, you are going to be willing to withstand all the challenges that we face. And so I think agents, number one, we have to do a better job of helping people connect with what they really want in their lives. Where do they start with that? I mean, so if I'm listening to this and they say, yeah, you're right, I don't actually I could not articulate to myself, let alone to my team Mm -hmm. or my spouse. I could not articulate my why other than I want to grow my business. I want to hit this incentive. I want to get this kind of bonus, whatever it may be. Okay. But where does someone need to start? Tactically, what would you recommend that they do? So number one, like I said, at the beginning of the call, I'm a man of faith, right? And so my faith directs me. Now I realize not everyone may share the same faith as me, but I feel like there's little things that happen along your life where people start to affirm, this is where I'm supposed to be. Okay. And there's little things in your life that you can look back to. I think everybody has a pivotal moment in their life that they either have dealt with that put them on the right course, right? Or that is going to happen here in the future. And we got to pay attention, be thankful for that time. For me, I kid you not, I got evicted at 22 years old. I was actually on a date with my wife, right? I was on a date with my wife. We went back to my apartment. There was eviction notice on the door. And the fact that she stayed with me, Bradley, is amazing, right? She should have ran in if she was smart. However, at that moment, being at that darkest point, And when I came out of that, now that I have a family, my why was easy to figure out. I do not want my kids to go through the emotional and financial struggle that I went through. Right. So I think that if you connect with some things that are happening in your life and you say, what did this mean to me? Right. Why was it so important to me that could get you on the right track of figuring out what your actual why is? I think when the topic of what's your why comes up, people think they can read a book. They could get a coach to tell them what it is. But no, that's between you and you. But the desire to find out what that is, right, has to be evident in your life. You ever heard your mess becomes your message? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yep. I think that that's part of that. I mean, I have a few stories that end up being comical to me that you end up helping people through things that you help first solve for yourself. And I've heard it said before. You either learn something or you earn it. You learned or earned it, right? You learned it listening to a podcast like this, reading one of these books behind me, or you earned it through getting evicted, having a financial crisis or a health crisis of whatever that may be. I wanted to ask you, because we talked about it yesterday and it has come up quite a bit. And I think that there's a reason that it's come up quite a bit on the podcast. 
is the importance of mindset, which kind of ties into what we were just talking about with the why. I think it's Michael Hyatt has said limiting beliefs and turning those into liberating truths, I think is what he says. But somebody's listening to this and is trying to get to the next level from wherever they are. Maybe they're struggling right now in their business. Maybe their production is not where it needs to be financially. They're having issues within their teams or maybe they're killing it. Quite frankly, maybe they're having the best year they've ever had. I mean, there's a lot of people in 2020 had great years. Thank goodness so many of us are in the insurance business listening to this because, I mean, that's a great business to be in considering what all happened during the COVID pandemic. But why is mindset so important? And how do you begin to kind of work with someone to reshape the story that they're telling themselves about the situations that's happening in their business? Yeah. So that's such a good question. And I'm going to start by giving you a quote by Craig Groeschel. He has a podcast. He's amazing, a man of faith, and just a phenomenal thought leader in our space. He says, your life will move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so what I try to do with teams that I'm blessed with coaching is get them to think differently about the challenges that are in front of them. I think oftentimes when it comes to mental toughness, we give too much energy to the problem, right? And when I'm coaching teams, I let them know that, okay, this is a problem. What we faced in COVID is a problem. But what if we shift our focus and change our perspective and put all the energy in the solution? That may mean we need to work hard, work harder. That may mean we may have to sacrifice some things. That may mean that, hey, we may need to do more from a personal and professional development standpoint in order to still be valuable in a tough market. But when it comes to mental toughness, it all starts for me with knowing why I'm doing what I'm doing in the first place. I always tell the story about what happened in the movie Pursuit of Happiness that portrayed the life of Chris Gardner, right? He had a son who depended on him. Mm-hmm. And if there was anybody sleeping on subway stations, sleeping in bathroom stalls that could give up, it would be him. But mm-hmm. what made him keep going was his son that, hey, I want to provide a different life for my son. And so I'm going to go through any challenge that I'm putting in front of me. I'm going to go through it, right? And I may not always win. But guess what? I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to give that particular day the energy and the attention because maybe I'll win that day. Ben Newman, another thought leader who I follow, amazing performance coach. He has this concept of win the day. And what that means is today's Thursday. If Thursday doesn't go the way you want it to go, I think we have a problem as an industry, as a people of carrying into Friday, Thursday's failures. What would it look like if we would just say, hey, Thursday got the best of me. But guess what? I'm going to win Friday. And so when it comes to a mental toughness topic and a mindset topic, I like to focus on it one day at a time with the teams I'm blessed with leading. Because if we focus on it one day at a time, we can influence one day. We can change one day. But if we focus on the problem on a large scale, this huge snowball, then it may become overwhelming to us. You know, when I first heard you say that we focus on the problem too much, I was curious what you were going to say after that. So it's an awareness of the problem. You have to be aware of the problem, but not sitting in that wallowing and then actually ultimately moving at some point to all of the attention goes to, well, what's the solution? What am I going to do next? Absolutely. And the same thing with our clients. So Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things I teach on a sales process is just getting your clients to become self-aware. How do we get them to be self-aware of what challenges they face? Because I'm a firm believer of self-awareness, like all personal development starts with self-awareness. Let me prove that because I love my wife. She is amazing. But she was trying to give me subtle hints that, hey, Tim, you got to get back in the gym. (laughs) Hey, it's time. 
right? Like, listen, hey, let's go to the gym together. Let's go for a walk. So she's trying to- You look fit. You look fit. <laughs> well, well, I'm on the journey, but she was giving me subtle hints. And I'm like, not listening to her. I'm like, whatever. I still got it, babe. Like, I'm fine. Right. But then I went upstairs several months later and I put on a shirt that I used to be able to fit. Mm. And I put it on. It was tight. It felt uncomfortable. It didn't feel the same. So because I now was self-aware that, oh my gosh, she was right. I had my butt in the gym that next day. <laughs> but when people are telling me that, I'm like, whatever, I'm not, I'm good. And so our ability to help our clients become self-aware, our ability to be self-aware of the issue will lead us down the path of personal development. And so that is huge for me. And when you talk about the problem, the reason why I say, okay, let's identify the problem. This is a problem. COVID's a problem. I don't have enough people in the calendar is a problem. I'm not getting a hold of people is a problem. I'm behind on fast art. Okay, that's a problem. Okay, let's identify that. But after we identify it, now the focus needs to shift on what are we going to do about it? I want to ask about execution. And I really would love for you to give some sort of tactical thing because everybody knows, okay, we have the best laid plans, business plans, but we ultimately have to execute. We have to execute. Sure. When you think about consistent execution in your mind, tactically, what does that mean? Because I mean, you've seen, I'm sure, some pretty elaborate business plans and you've seen some ultimate plans to say, man, this looks really good on paper. This is a good plan. It's a good plan. Got the team, got the overall strategy, doing the marketing right, checking all the boxes, doing SEO, doing PPC, buying leads. I mean, seemingly is doing everything right and going nowhere, Mm. nowhere. How do we flip that? So first, I'm going to start by saying that I just talked about the topic this morning. And I believe that people admire strength, but they connect with you through your weakness, right? My coach, myself, uh, his name is Jordan Montgomery. He tells me that all the time, that people connect with you through your weakness. So I was vulnerable with the team today. And I let them know that this is an area of my life execution that is so important. And I don't do it perfectly. I don't do it perfectly. But here's what I do in terms of execution for myself. The weakest pin is still stronger than the strongest memory. And so we have to write down the things that we want. I think that we're in a world today where we rely on technology so much, right? Hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. You gotta go back and say that again. I don't interrupt people very much, okay? (laughs) I went to Auburn, I'm a little slow. (laughs) Say that again, the weakest pen, what? The weakest pen is still stronger than the strongest memory. Oh, that's good. Meaning let's write the things down we wanna accomplish. Okay, let's write the things down we wanna accomplish for that day. When you talk about execution, I think that you have to be an active participant in your own success. So let's write the things down that we want to accomplish for that day. And then guess what? At the end of the day, let's allot 20 to 30 minutes and do some time of self-reflection and say, did I do that or not? Right. And this is things that I do every single day in my day. I'm mad at myself because I was supposed to do something for a friend of mine at two o'clock and I didn't do it. Right. It totally slipped my mind. Why did it slip my mind? Because I didn't write it down. It wasn't on one of the things that I wrote down that I needed to get accomplished today. And so I try to make a consistent habit of writing down the things that I want to do that I need to do. And then I prioritize those things. Okay. And I prioritize them in order of, hey, this is extremely important, right? Underwriting says that, hey, they're not going to issue this policy unless they get this information. That's extremely important. Then I, important. Then I, somewhat important and then not important. And the things that I try to do because I know that I'm human. I may not get to everything. Every single day, I try to empty the bucket of the extremely important and the important. Every day, those have to get done. And so that's how I try to make sure I'm executing. That's good. So basically, if we want to execute, we've got to wrap it with habits and routines and rhythms to be able to actually get the outcomes that we want. Absolutely. I mean, it's work. You have to make it a priority to 
make sure that you're keeping those things in front of you that you must get done. Like, what are your must dos? I was talking to a team real quick along that because here's what we get all the time. I'm a huge accountability person. Any agent you talk to, they either love me (laughs) or they can't stand me because I am just huge in accountability, right? I will allow teams to call me out for not doing what I'm supposed to do as well because we're human. And then if we're honest and have humility, we can give each other grace and we can learn and grow from it. But I told a team today because they haven't been executing their activity plans. And I just said, simple, if your agent came to you and said, if you went to your agent and you said to your agent, hey, my check didn't get direct deposit, what happened? And your agent gives you the excuses that often we give sometimes when we don't execute. I was busy. I had a rough day. I was tired. The system was down. I don't care what excuses it is. Would you accept that? And the answer is always, no, I wouldn't accept that. I want to get paid. And so what I try to get the teams that I work with to understand is stop expecting stuff of other people that you don't expect of yourself. And I think that oftentimes we want people to make us guarantees when we won't guarantee things for ourselves. Like I guarantee that I'm going to execute. I'm going to get these things done today. And if you have that level of intentionality towards it, I think that's going to help you out a ton. Yeah, I want to ask you a question about accountability because I can take back and know, and I've even certainly seen it with others, but I'm pointing to myself here on this, is that there's been times with accountability that I said, I'm going to hold people more accountable. I'm going to hold them more accountable. And quite frankly, I came across as a jerk. And then there's times where you're too soft. And so you end up on this kind of spectrum between softy and (laughs) hard, you know what, I won't say it on the podcast, but anyway, you know what I'm saying. And so where's that balance? I mean, one of the best descriptions that I have heard, it comes from the book Radical Candor with Kim Scott. And she talks about caring for people personally while still challenging them directly. That's been one of the best things that I've read about that. But what are your thoughts about accountability and finding the right I mean, for lack of a better word, balance. So I think that it's hard, number one, but it leads me to a quote. And I don't remember who said it, but it says, hey, if you want to make everybody happy, don't be a leader, sell ice cream. The fact of the matter is leadership is tough. Leadership is hard. And you have to find that balance. And that balance may be different from individual to individual. Yeah. But what I found is that as I'm leading people, if they know wholeheartedly that I care and that I really want to help them get what they say they want, then it's easier to hold them accountable to it. And I think that's a mistake that we make as leaders is that we hold people accountable to what we want. And I just think we have to shift that perspective and shift that focus. Let's hold them accountable to what they said they wanted, right? And the reason why I'm asking you to make more calls or meet with more people is because you told me you wanted to be an agent. You told me you wanted to make 75K a year. You told me you wanted a better work-life balance. Whatever they said, let's hold them accountable to what they said they wanted. And I think that gives you more of a license, for lack of a better term, to hold them accountable. In a service-based business, the assets of that business, if you and I started, well, let's contrast a service-based business being the assets in that business as people. Let's contrast that if you and I decided to start a Google car wash, right? Well, the assets of that business, yeah, there's some people that are doing some things, but the assets is actually that car wash producing the revenue, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the more cars it goes through, et cetera. I don't think we can have a discussion kind of transitioning from accountability to not talking about teams, recruiting, Mm -hmm. hiring A players, and just accountability, expectations, getting the most out of our teams. I mean, it's tough. It is tough. Leadership, which means inherently leading people is one of the most challenging, It probably if not the most challenging thing that we'll all do, right? Donald Miller has... I love Donald Miller. He's got some great books. His most recent book, Business Made Simple. Mm-hmm. I laugh at that title. It's a great book, by the way. But I laugh at that title and think that sells a lot of books. Business is not simple. 
I'm going to write a book. It's called Business is Highly Complex, and you know it. <laughs> yeah. yep. So talk to us about recruiting and hiring A player team members. Well, this, on that business is tough topic real quick, I think that's why leadership is paid very well. Good leadership is paid very well. That's good. I tell people all the time, the size of the problem you're able to solve will determine the size of your paycheck. And so good leaders who are able to solve this recruiting problem, able to solve just all the stuff that you have to deal with as a leader. That's why they get paid so well. Right. And that's why that space is very, very limited. And what I would say about attracting and recruiting good people, you have to ask yourself as a leader, are you attractive? (laughs) Would you want to work for you? The most attractive leaders, they attract people. They attract quality people. And so I think it starts with you as the leader. Are you an attractive person to go come work for? Are you showing up helping people get what they want? Are you helping people get through their challenges? Are you being honest with people, even if that makes you uncomfortable? I think think some of the best leaders attract good talent because they're able to do those things. And I also think when it comes to the mission and vision of your business, we're in the relationship business. I think there's so many different things that are trying to influence the value of relationships to people. I think technology is teaching people that, hey, maybe relationships aren't as important as they once were. Maybe professionals aren't as important. Maybe I can do it myself. And if you're a competitive person and you're a leader, you should enter into this new environment saying, you know what, I'm going to constantly show every single day that relationships are important. This is what my business is built on. And when you do that, people will always be needed. And so that's just my focus when it comes to recruiting people. That's really good. Did you watch, I don't know, are you a basketball guy? Did you watch The Last Dance? Oh, absolutely. That was so good, wasn't it? Amazing. I think it's in episode one where Phil Jackson says, we created something that people wanted to be a part of. That may be the best definition of culture there's ever been. And so what you're saying is, are you the leader that people ultimately want to be led by, quite frankly? Absolutely. The speed of the team is the speed of the coach. We've all heard that. Yeah. Right? And there's no secret why the Mike Krzyzewskis, the Tom Izzo's, right? There's no secret why those guys have success year after year. It's not just the Duke. It's yeah. Mike Krzyzewski. Not this year, but previous years, right? Well, He's yeah, always had sure. a top-performing team because people want to be a part of that. So I actually do want to talk about a high-performance team. Not a single person, whether you're an insurance agent or not, listening to the podcast, not a single person sets out to create it, to want to have a toxic environment that sets out. But ultimately, we drift, right? We don't say, well, I want to have a mediocre performing team. Nobody Mm -hmm. does. But the reality is those things happen over a period of time. What do you think are some of the difficult conversations an agency owner needs to have if they have an agency like that to be able to reset their culture and create that high performance team? Yeah, that's such a good question. I want to just share a story about that that I think will help answer that question because we had a, a lot of success our first three years in the agency. And I wasn't the leader I once was. I didn't have the energy that I normally had. And it started to take a toll on my team. And I lost everybody. (laughs) I lost absolutely everybody. And I had a high performance team. I did. So I think that the toughest conversations that you need to have are the conversations with yourself. Okay. Are you the leader that's setting the tone? Nick Saban said it best. High performers don't like mediocre people. And mediocre people don't like high performers. Bringing up Nick Saban's not. not (laughs) Well, well, I'm sorry. That quote just, it always hits home to me. Right. And I know you're an Auburn guy, but that proves my point, right? Winning is not liked by so many different people. And you're going to be critiqued so much. And so the toughest conversation, I think, is with yourself first. 
And you got to yeah. have clarity around your mission and vision and what culture you want in your business. Yeah. And then once you have that tough conversation with yourself and you have clarity around what you want, then you got to say, is the current team that I have right now able to execute on that mission, vision and the culture that I want for my business? And then the hardest thing to do sometimes, and I had to do this in my agency and in previous businesses, is letting go of people that you care about that just don't fit that culture, mission and vision anymore. Yeah. And those are the tough conversations that you have to be prepared to have. I'm sure you read a bunch of Jocko's books. Right. I also think that everybody needs a different perspective. And that's why I coach people. But yet I have a coach. Right. Because you need somebody to have tough conversation with you, because oftentimes the problem may be you. You may have a flawed perspective. You may have a flawed idea or you may have to take ownership of a failed relationship. So I think that everybody needs a coach that can help you have those tough conversations as well. Listen, I completely agree with you. I've said often my coach has been on this podcast. Never trust a coach who doesn't have a coach. Mm, so good. We've kind of talked about it a little bit, but what do you think, because you're so familiar, intimately familiar with the insurance agency owner situation, what do you believe are the disciplines, specific disciplines that you have seen, not just for yourself, mm. but in working with others? What are some of the specific disciplines that you can say you almost universally, these are two or three disciplines that pretty much every agency owner needs to adopt to create the outcomes that they want? Oh, man, absolutely. Positivity and discipline. Those are two things that I will say all day long. Those are things that you need to have, positivity and discipline. I think that there's so many agents out there right now who are struggling, right? And my grandmother used to say all the time, and I'm sure you heard it, misery loves company. And so you have to surround yourself with people that are not, again, not to repeat myself, not just going to focus on the problem, but are going to give energy to the to the solutions, give energy to what we need to do in order to change the outcome. And then you got to be disciplined. What do I need to be disciplined about? You need to be disciplined about just number one, development for you, not just your team, for you, right? Like the leader, what are you reading? What are you listening to? Who's coaching you? Okay. And so the thing that about me that my team always knew is that when I told them that, hey, you need to be doing some things for personal development. They knew that was coming from a space because every single time they walked into the office, I was there listening to some type of podcast or listening to Eric Thomas or listening to something to get me ready to go. So discipline with your development. Also be disciplined with your systems and processes, whatever those are. You got to be disciplined enough to say, you know what, we're going to execute this. Too many teams that I coach, what I see is, okay, we'll try something for a week and then it doesn't work or we don't have the success we expected. And then we switch things up. You got to be disciplined enough to, hey, let's try this out for 30 days. Let's try this new system, this process out for 30 days. Then we can reevaluate after we have a lot of history to really say, once we have that data, is this working or isn't it working? So I think you need to be disciplined in your system and process. And also the last thing I think you need to be disciplined, well, not the last thing, there's several things, but one that is extremely important to me. You got to be disciplined enough to continue to ask for help when you're not getting what you want. I tell my agents, I'm a coach. My phone should be blowing up. If you have problems, you shouldn't be waiting for me to come to you. You should yeah. be, hey, Tim, this and that. Or your resources within your organization, your sales leader, or whatever organization you're with, your management team. You yeah. have to be an active participant in their own success and show people that you really, really, really want it. Yeah, that's true. Self-leadership always precedes team leadership. You're dropping some bombs on me today. <laughs> I got to make a note on that one, too. <laughs> That's true, though. I mean, you really do have to lead yourself first and put your oxygen mask on first. I mean, you really do. It's not selfish. It really is. I agree completely with you. It's the most selfless thing that you can do is to be able to develop yourself. And 
all the axioms you can't pour from the empty cup, et cetera. But it's true. I mean, it really is true. It is. And if you are asking and challenging your team, no matter what business you're in, to be better and to develop themselves, but you're not actually leading by example by working to develop yourself. And I do agree with you with what you said earlier about self-awareness, just being able to have self-awareness. I mean, there's a few people come to mind that you just think, you know what, honestly, if you had a little bit of dose of humility and a little bit of self-awareness about how you come across, it'd go a long way, right? So I completely agree with you on that for when sure. I, when, I, when I'm onboarding agents, I tell them to give me three of their closest professional relationships that they have. I will ask them some questions about that person. Oh. I would ask that agent those same questions, mm-hmm. right? And it lets me know that if there are different answers, if one person says, hey, I'm phenomenal at organization, but your three closest professional relationships say you're terrible, that would lead me to believe that you have a self-awareness issue, that I now, as a coach, have an opportunity to help you develop in that area. Yeah. And so I think self-awareness is huge. And I just want to say one more thing. Kobe Bryant said this. There's a guy by the name of Alan Stein Jr. He has a podcast called Raise Your Game. I've been like binge listening to this podcast. I love it. He just did a podcast and he told a story about Kobe Bryant. And he was a performance coach in the basketball space. He trained athletes. And he met Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant, he said, hey, man, can I come to the gym and just watch you work out? Kobe said, yeah. And so he gets there at 4 a.m. And Kobe Bryant's already there in sweat. The workout was supposed to start. He did a pre-workout before the workout. And then he sat there for an hour and then he was underwhelmed. He was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is just real basic stuff. And so he had asked Kobe Bryant, like, hey, man, that workout. Thanks for letting me attend. But you're the best player in the world. That seemed pretty basic. And Kobe Bryant said this. And it's just it's so amazing. And I hope this is valuable to your listeners. He said, that's why I'm the best in the world. This was in 2006 when he was the best in the world. He said, that's why I'm the best in the world. The basics never get bored to me. And so I think that when we could just fall in love with the basics and stop getting bored with the basics, we get paid in this industry to talk to people to build relationships with people, to phone, to get out in our community. That's how we have influence. Those are just basics to me. And if we just never get bored with the basics, and that is a discipline, I think that we're going to have a massive amount of success. There's a lot of agency owners that are really good firefighters, but they're better arsonists. <laughs> I mean, some of them are so set financially. Not everybody. Okay. Not everybody, but some of them are. Some of them are doing so well that they actually need something to get excited about. So they will go and create a fire, change the comp plan, change this, change this, bring something else in. So then they can go and save the day. Now, of course, that never happens consciously. You don't ever say that I'm going to go start a fire today so I can get excited about something. But to your point, the basics, sometimes the monotony of doing it all the time can get a little like I need to switch it up a little bit. Don't you agree with that? No, absolutely. It can, because if you think about it, Michael Jordan, the last answer he brought that up, he said that uh, he said that he would make up things people said about him. He would make it up to yeah. give him more of a competitive drive. And so I think that it's hard, right? But we have to, like my son, he's a big basketball fan. He plays basketball a ton. And we talk about the fundamentals all the time. What are the fundamentals of our business? Yeah. Right? And we have to fall in love with the fundamentals. We got to fall in love with follow-up. We have to fall in love with reaching out to people. We have to fall in love with meeting people because those are the fundamentals of our business. I think that's great because it kind of gets into only simplicity scales. Complexity doesn't. But yet when we're back in our offices kind of working through certain things, it can feel, oh, well, if I add this trigger, if I add this, whatever it may be, I'm thinking specifically about a compensation plan or something else, that that actually could 
make sense on paper and say, oh, it's going to put an extra hundred dollars in their pocket or whatever. And reality is, no, you're making things more complex and you're getting away from the fundamentals that actually got you to where you are today. I mean, we've all had the I don't care if it's insurance or your experience selling cars like you or somebody else that we go back and we say, you know, that worked so well that I stopped doing it. Oh, yes, absolutely, man. And I think that you can look at multiple areas of your life. And my son, just to give you the analogy, he wants to come in the gym right away and start shooting threes. But if you look at Steph Curry, a professional basketball player, he warms up the same way every single time. Ball handling, layups. Because those are the fundamental. And I think that if you look at any professional, whether it's a professional athlete, entrepreneur, the great ones have really dialed in and mastered the fundamentals. Yeah, you're right. Right? And so, okay, let's build that foundation before we add on anything else. And I think that the reason why the fundamentals aren't as attractive for business owners anymore is because we do live in a world where culture is trying to influence us and get us to take the path to least resistant or always look for a shortcut. And reality is there's no shortcuts. It requires work. Yeah. The Facebook groups, the Instagrams, there's nothing flashy that gets a lot of likes and comments on things that are pretty basic. Mm -hmm. Last question, and then we'll get into E9 rapid fire questions. How do you think the business has changed, if at all? I mean, it may not have in your mind, but how do you think the business is going to change and evolve just over the past, say, year and a half, especially coming out of COVID? Well, I think that the business has been evolving. And the one thing that is constant in business is change. And I think that relationships are going to become harder and harder and harder to cultivate because of technology, because you do it yourself, shows and things like that, like, I think professionals are in a competitive arena right now and we have to fight back. We have to fight back and let people know relationships are important. Like we do really care. We do value you. We do value your family. And I think our ability to influence the perception of value of relationships is going to be so key as we move forward, especially after this COVID. I mean, think about this. What has happened with the restaurant industry and waiters and waitresses in our community? It's been hit hard. Because now what people do is let's do Grubhub, let's do to go and all these things. And it's really affecting that industry. Let's remove the element of people in, in some people's mind that is easier. Well, in our job, we have to fight against that because we are the people we want yeah. to be valuable to our clients. And so where I think the biggest change that we're going to have to fight against is this notion that relationships are no longer going to be important in business. That's good. I agree with you. I had, um, we just recently did an interview. It hasn't released yet at the time of this podcast recording with Jerry Acuff. And he wrote a book called The Relationship Edge. And he was talking about that very thing, about that very thing, the importance of, of relationships. Tim, this has been awesome. You ready for the E9 rapid fire, world famous E9 rapid fire questions? <laughs> Let's go. What's the last book you read? So the last book I read is by Jocko, The Dichotomy of Leadership. I actually like Dichotomy of Leadership even better than this first one. I did too. Yeah. What's the book you would recommend the most to other agency owners? The other agency owners? <laughs> the Bible, <laughs> if I could say that, just because I think that, again, a lot of what we're facing today is relevant to what's in there. And I think that the answers to all our issues is in that book. Your favorite travel destination you've ever been to? Disney with my family. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been to Disney, but it is a special place with special memories with kids. I'm not a card-carrying Disney holder, but I mean, it is a good time with kids for sure. 
All right, your favorite non-native. I'm assuming you have an iPhone. You may not. That's okay. No. If it, your favorite non-native iPhone app that you use. Uh, Clubhouse. So I'm on Clubhouse. I haven't really figured it out yet. I mean, I've figured it out, but I'm, I'm not sure exactly where that thing is going. So I haven't figured it out yet either, but all I know is I get invited to listen to some amazing people speak and it's absolutely amazing. And then you can even raise your hand and ask questions once you're in that room. I haven't figured it out yet, but man, a lot of thought leaders are providing a lot of valuable content on that application. So it's my favorite right now. Yeah, it is pretty hot. Mm -hmm. They're gonna sell for billions of dollars. Yes, they are. <laughs> Dead or alive, who would you most like to sit next to on a 10-hour flight? Martin Luther King Jr. Fill in the blank. 10 years ago, I had no idea this would be so hard. 10 years ago, I had no idea that parenting would be this hard. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> when you're not working, what's your... And you can't say family. Okay, can't, I always have to put this disclaimer. Can't say family. When you're not working, what's your favorite hobby outside of work? Coaching basketball. I mean, you got a lot of common with that, buddy. Yeah. You got a lot of common basketball. With that, sure. What's the biggest thing that you learned during the COVID pandemic? The biggest thing that I learned is, man, this is going to sound cliche, but how truly blessed we really are. I think COVID gave me an opportunity to reset with my family because I think oftentimes we could go at a pace that is not healthy. And before COVID, I was operating at a pace that I don't think was necessarily healthy for me and my family. So, it taught me how blessed I really am during that time. It is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. So what's the best piece of leadership advice you've ever received? The best piece of leadership advice I ever received. It's very simple, but it was from my leader in the car business. He said, make it about your people. And I think early on, I was the allure of money got to me as a leader. And I was making it about my income, my wants, my desires. And I'm super thankful that he told me that. Uh, he almost fired me because of it, by the way, because I wasn't making it about my people, but make it about your people. Make sure they're getting everything they want and you will have everything that you want. Somebody wants to know, learn more about you, how you can help them. What's the best place to point them to? So I, I'm just going to be bold and I'm just going to give my cell phone number. It's 563-650-4200. And I would just tell everyone, like, I am a person that doesn't have it all figured out. But what I do have is a strong desire to serve and to help other people. And so even if there's anything I can do, once you listen to this and you have questions or you need help or need prayer, I don't care what it is, please reach out because I literally want to spend the rest of my life that I'm blessed with on this earth helping people. Tim, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Hope to be able to have you back on in the future. Tim, thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you. I love to have Tim on. It was great just getting to know him. Over the last couple of days, one of the things that really stood out to me, I mentioned it on the podcast, was having an awareness of the problem, but not just sitting there and marinating constantly about the problem, but really focusing and moving our mindset towards a solution. I loved his quote, your life will move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. I've heard a lot of different, whether it's just scientific studies or whatever about why it's important to write things down. But when he said the weakest pens are stronger than the strongest memory, that really resonates with me. I'm going to keep that one in the back of my mind for a long time. Or maybe actually I should write that down. I asked him about recruiting A players and he said, well, first, are you attractive to an A player as the leader? That really made me say, whoa, that's a really good point. 
Because if you're not doing the things first to be the type of leader, it doesn't matter how good your recruiting process is, how many steps it is, and how many different interviews put, you put somebody through. If they don't actually want to work with you, it really is all for naught. I thought the way that we ended about the focus on the fundamentals and whenever he told the story about Kobe Bryant was so poignant. I mean, we're right at about a year since Kobe passed and so many different stories. I think I saw one on social media the other day talking about Kobe and his discipline and his approach, but just the basics never get boring. That's such a good reminder for us all to go back to the basics in our business. What an amazing guest. Tim, thank you so much for coming on. Hope to have you back on in the future. Again, Tim's cell phone number, if you want to reach out to him, 563-650-4200. Not many guests that come on the podcast that are willing to give away their cell phone number on a podcast. So that is pretty amazing. You can also learn more about Tim and the rest of the team, Steve and Bill Whitley, who we've had on the podcast before. Go to riskadvisorinstitute.com. If you're listening to this podcast, you want to grow your business you want to grow in your leadership, which we just discussed quite a bit with Tim, and you want to grow and develop your team. And one of the best ways to be able to grow your business so that you have more revenue to hit those incentives that you want to hit and be able to make more money so you can buy back your time is to invest in the right marketing. But how do you know what marketing to do? You've probably heard about, I'm sure if you listen to this, you've purchased leads before. But what about online marketing campaigns? I mean, we all know it. You have to be present online. That's where people are starting. They may not be finishing and purchasing there, but they're certainly starting there. So you got to have a presence. But also, there's so many different companies out there doing it. You want to be able to work with a company that you trust. Go to directclicksinc.com. Reach out to the team there. When you go to directclicksinc.com, you'll be able to click on a button to schedule a no obligation call where they can get to know you and your office and what you're trying to do in your agency to be able to grow your business. And they can help you point you in the right direction. Trust and transparency is the name of the game for everybody at DirectClicks. They're high quality people. They care about you. They care about the results that they're going to be able to get for you and your business. And you're going to be able to know where your money is actually going instead of just putting it in to a marketing campaign that you just don't know whether you're getting something from, they can help you and to make sure that whether you're spending your money, that those dollars are going to work for you to be able to drive leads, drive traffic to your phones and to your agencies. So you can do what you're best at, which is conversion and building those relationships. Go to directclicksinc.com. The team over there will reach out to you. And I think that you'll see that they're just incredibly high quality people. Until next episode, lead well. 